Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Searching for Political Identity podcast. This is your host, Brian Escow. You'll notice that there's no theme music today. Doing a little experiment, see if I like it better without music. So far, so good. I like it. Okay, let's just knock this episode out. Why don't I like the term woke? I don't like the term woke because it implies that you know something that somebody else doesn't. It says, I'm smart and you're not. I know and you don't. And I don't like that. I don't like being so presumptuous as to say, I'm a social justice warrior. So, you know, I see the problem in society that you claim not to see. And so I'm going to go proselytize and preach about it. It's one thing to preach and proselytize and try to convince people to see things your way. And it's another thing to automatically assume that you're smarter, better, more informed, more compassionate, more empathetic than the next person. I guess what I'm saying is I don't like the assumptions people make about each other often. That's what turns me off to a lot of political news shows, the news in general. Um, so, yeah, just the term woke, there's, look, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with being the change you want to see in the world. In fact, that's a good thing. So be woke, do woke things, just keep it to yourself, keep the woke part to yourself and just do the work. How about you replace the E with an R and put it before the K and just get to work? I like that better. Next topic, Hillary Clinton. I tweeted this the other day. First of all, on the Republican side, I've said consistently now for a few weeks, I think it's going to come down to either Ted Cruz or Chris Christie in 2024. I do not think Donald Trump is going to run for president again. I do not think Ron DeSantis, despite his talent, is going to be the guy. I think Ted Cruz has, um, has charted an interesting path for himself, and we'll see where it ends up for him. I think Chris Christie is a very formidable candidate. And uh, I, I like the idea for the Republican ticket of Chris Christie being on top of it, frankly. I just think he's got connection to Trump in that he did his part. He tried to help him before Trump went totally off the rails. And he has honestly and earnestly fought against the insane parts of what Trump has done. So he stood up for what he thinks is right. I respect that. So Christie's interesting to me. But I tweeted about Hillary Clinton the other day, and I said, you know, 2024 is her time. And everyone's like, the train has left the station, and so on. I'm not sure about that. What if we're so upside down 
as a society that it actually made sense. <laughs> I know she's so hated by so many. Um, she's respected by many. But my argument for Hillary Clinton in 2024 is we need stability. We need... You know, look, she was a fantastic... Well, let me rephrase that. Very qualified. I voted for her. I wanted her to win in 2016. Not a great candidate, but a great choice for president. So I, if she learned, which I think she did, may, I don't know if she did, but I think if she learned that she could run a successful campaign in 2024 and win. And then if she wins, I think she'd be a fantastic president. Why? Well, she's so qualified. She's so smart. And to me, she strikes that balance of progress, but do it within the accepted norms. Remember when she was running for president in 2016 and she had some conversation backstage somewhere with, I think it was two women from the Black Lives Matter movement. And she took some shit for it in the press, Hillary did, essentially for saying to these two women, what's your plan? Like, what are you going to, like, what's your plan? You got to organize, you got to strategize, and you got to execute. And people were like, why is she being so condescending to these people? She should be helping them. And I was like, she is helping them. So I think she's a tough cookie, experienced, and I think she respects the country. I think she respects the rule of law. And I think she would provide stability and it would be interesting. And I think we could have a return of the Clinton years, which were apparently marked by good feelings and prosperity for everybody. So I think that's the argument for Hillary Clinton. We're post-Donald Trump. We experienced that. Maybe she learned. So Hillary Clinton versus Chris Christie? I think that's a really interesting race. Two institutionalists who... And, I, you know, to call them institutionalists, just by nature of the fact that they've held out multiple offices and this and that over a long period of time, That could be a good one. Okay, now The Matrix. I rewatched The Matrix, one of my favorite movies of all time, obviously. And after having taken critical race theory in law school, which I talked about over several episodes, you can check that out. I see The Matrix and I think about the Star Wars trilogy in a new light, but particularly The, the Matrix, but I also do bring in Star Wars for a reason. But with the matrix for a second, it's like, here's the deal with law and with society and with culture and what the matrix was really about now, looking back on it. The matrix, and, and they say it in the matrix. They're not even, you know, it's a brilliant movie, my God. But they tell it to you in the script. The matrix is the rule. It, but after having critical race theory, it's like, wow, I get it. There are rules, and then some rules can be bent. Some rules can be broken. 
And sometimes in the law, people get obsessed with having rules and following rules and that dictating life. And sometimes people get up and say, look, these rules, they might be working for you. They're not working for me and my people. And the agents in the matrix are the agents of the system, of the rules. And sometimes the agents are unwitting. They don't even know that they're agents of this system. And so the critical race theorist says, man, you're an agent and you don't even know it. Not everyone is Mr. Smith, but some of these guys, some of you guys, all you guys are pretty, you're just unwitting agents. And so you don't see the problem of critical race theory, just like you don't see the matrix until you see it. You just either see it or you don't. So the system we have, the laws we have should be scrutinized always, but they should be viewed in the context of multiple cultures. You know, a system might be working for some group of people, but not others. That's the point. So evaluate the system, be honest with yourself, be empathetic, and figure out where you stand, what's your bottom line principles that I can't budge from, and work to be better. And that's what being Neo is about, is changing the world and being the change you want to see in the world, and work to being better. That's what being a Jedi is like in Star Wars, right? The Sith, only a Sith deals in absolutes. That's exactly like what being an agent in The Matrix is like. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. Only a Sith follows the rules perfectly and is like an algorithm. Has no heart. The, the agents have no heart. The Sith has no heart. So to be a Jedi, to be like Neo, you have to have heart and you have to stand up and you know, walk the path that you believe in. So what does that mean? Well, it means you got to figure out, like I'm trying to figure out what you believe in. What are your core principles? What do you really think the rules of society should be? Knowing that they got to be flexible enough to incorporate multiple cultures, multiple experiences. So hopefully society has moved and is moving in a direction that is more egalitarian, equal across the board. We can have these fights about equity and equality of outcome versus equality of opportunity, and we should have those discussions of meritocracy versus, you know, equal distribution of, of good, of, of money, immigrate, you know, all these things. We can talk about what the right policy is, what the right thing to do is, but these movies, to me, Matrix, Star Wars, critical race theory, and what I'm doing right now with this search for political identity, it's all kind of blending together, and I'm seeing it as this call to reflect, decide, and then act. Reflect, decide, and act. And I think I'm somewhere between the reflecting and the deciding stage right now. In fact, I'm pretty much squarely in the reflecting stage. 
So with that said, I turn to the concept of libertarianism. All this time, you know, I have a red and a blue color in my logo, as if the only choice was between Democrat and Republican. And I got a buddy on Twitter, Justin O'Donnell, who turned me on to libertarianism, and so I've been checking it out, and you know what? Damn it if I don't like the idea of it. Damn it if I don't like how it sounds. I do like the idea of self-responsibility, um, of private property, of not to say like, oh, I'm a, I'm a raging capitalist, but it's like, at the end of the day, what are you going to... At the end of the day, you either want private property to exist or you don't. And I'm not far along in my thinking to, to think that abolishing private property is the wisest move. So for now, I remain a guy who thinks private property is good. The question is, what's the right mix and distribution of private property among the citizenry? But private property, self-reliance, what other things... Uh, you know, the government, I guess a libertarian believes that the government should be only as large as is necessary. So as small as possible so that life, liberty, and property, and happiness, you might say, are the only things flowing in society. You know, the only things that the government is concerned with. And so the libertarian, I think, takes the view that big government is bad. The government should get out of the way. Laissez-faire capitalism is good. Um, you know, just stay out of the way. Everything the government does causes a cost on the citizen, and that cost gets passed, or the business, and that cost gets passed on to the citizen. It's just raising costs. The go we don't need it. I guess the libertarian would say, social rules predated governments. We don't need this entity. We don't need the state taking money, making rules that are arbitrary or capricious. We don't need it. We will live in our communities. We'll take care of ourselves. We'll have our guns. We'll be self-reliant. So it sounds like you're describing a Republican. And so I'm wondering, like, what is the difference between a Republican and a Libertarian? And, uh, you know, that's a question I need to explore. What do I think a Libertarian would say? Libertarian would probably say that the Republican is just a Democrat in, you know, sheep's clothing, and that they want big government, and uh, that they're part of this military-industrial complex that is all about perpetuating the ruling class and enriching themselves. And the Libertarian, I presume, would say, just get rid of the fucking government, man. And it sounds like anarchy, and maybe it is, but it's like, Minimize it to the point where the cost of living is natural. And I guess the argument is that that would result in, in, better, in a better experience for everybody. I mean, for me, there are some core things that the government does, like protect, like anti-discrimination. You know... <sighs> What do we, you know, the most important thing that I think the government does is um, enforce the law in light of the 14th Amendment. Enforcing equality, equal opportunity. What's the 14th Amendment say? It's, um, well, the part about equal protection is 
you know, no person shall be denied equal protection of the laws. So I like the part of the government that does that. I like the part of the government that says you're not going to discriminate against this couple, this man, this woman, for whatever reason. Um, but so maybe we can strip everything down to just that. So maybe I'm a libertarian. Maybe I am. What are the critiques of libertarianism? Well, they're all out for themselves. I, I guess the libertarians certainly reject the welfare liberalism of the progressive party of the progressive wing of the Democratic Party. The part that says we want government to be big, we want it to be social service oriented. We want to now I don't know what the libertarian how the libertarian feels about UBI, universal basic income. So maybe there's a way to like analyze libertarianism throw that in the mix as I search for political identity and take a little bit of that. And maybe I'll find that I, I'm attracted to libertarianism and that maybe I, t I just need a little piece from the Democrats here and there. And maybe I, I start to get somewhere eventually. But that's as far as I want to go in today's episode just because I want to keep it relatively tight um, again, I'm experimenting today, no music, and this wasn't scripted, but it was a little more targeted, and I tried to be a little more direct in my commentary and less spaghetti-minded. So reflecting on this episode, look, I talked about the term woke. I said it's not helpful. I don't really like it. I made a case for Hillary Clinton. I think she's amazing. I just... You know, maybe it's a really bad call on my part to say that, but I felt that way. Um, nothing against President Biden. I just, it's tough. He's, he's old, and he's doing a fine job, but he's old, and it's got to be tough. And I just, I don't want to rely on him. I hate to say it. God bless him. He's doing a fine job, and he's my president. And I think he saved our country from Donald Trump. I think it was important that Donald Trump not get reelected. And so Joe Biden did his part. All right, guys, that's it. No, no outro theme music, just me saying thanks so much for being a listener. Hope you get a chance to subscribe. Hit that button. Rate me on Apple Podcasts, blah, blah, blah. Check out my newsletter. It's all in my link in my biography on Twitter. So follow me at Brian Escow. And uh, Merry Christmas to all of you guys. It is 10.30 p.m. where I'm at on Christmas Eve. If you know me, Christmas was really never my holiday, being a Reformed Jew. But I always like saying Merry Christmas when I can. Uh, the default is, of course, Happy Holidays. But a Merry Christmas to all of you guys celebrating. Hope you have a wonderful holiday with friends or family, or maybe both. Thanks for being a listener. Catch you next week. Later.